rather than we ask. All our praise the program we have here today, Father. Father, let everything. I'm Beth McGinnis, and this is Here in Alabama. Maybe I've mentioned that I'm a church organist in Birmingham, Alabama. Just saying it that way, that I'm a church organist, may conjure for you a particular kind of church music, and that mental image is probably not far from what we actually do at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. I love my work there. For the past two years in March, our church has observed a cappella Sunday. When my minister of music first told me about it, I thought all the singing would be unaccompanied, but that I would still play service music. But he said there would be no instrumental accompaniment at all in the service, and that I could go get donuts if I wanted to. I considered the donuts, but decided what I really wanted to do with my Sunday off was visit Provewell Baptist Church in Sprott, Alabama. I had heard about the powerful old style of singing they do there, and I wanted to hear it for myself. Sprott is an unincorporated town in Perry County, northeast of Marion, at the intersection of highways 183 and 14. At that crossroads is a general store and post office that was a community gathering place for more than a hundred years. There's a picture of it in the Library of Congress, taken in the 1930s by Walker Evans for the book about Alabama sharecroppers, Let Us Now Praise Famous Men, which Evans did with James Agee. Proofwell Baptist Church sits just a little farther down Highway 183 from the old post office. These two buildings let me know I'm in Sprott. I drive past a sunlit field and turn at the Provewell Baptist Church sign into a long gravel drive lined with pine trees and a white picket fence. At the end of the drive is a white framed church building. It has two wings, the fellowship hall on the left and the sanctuary on the right. The sanctuary wing has white columns, white steps leading up to the front entrance, and a white steeple. There's a cross above the entrance. A few deacons greet me warmly on the steps and usher me in. Since I've been driving, I want to use the restroom in the front lobby. It has flowers and framed quotations and a clean, fresh smell that remind me of being in someone's gracious home. The first time I visited, I came with my husband. We arrived when Sunday school was still going on in the sanctuary. The wooden pews are covered with deep red fabric that echoes the red carpet, red choir robes, and the red pyramids on the pulpit and communion table. We settled into a pew near the back. That first Sunday in 2019, there were about 30 people there, including me, my husband, and the choir. That was a big Sunday, Pastor Jerome Kirk's 10th anniversary. And can't you hear those two disciples on the way to the males? Saying Jesus walked along the world and he didn't disguise himself, didn't know they were disguised. Then I'm going to always burn with these people. Then I'm going to Man, you must have been around here. Thank you, Lord. You ain't heard what happened? I returned to Proofwell in March of 2020 when my church again observed a cappella Sunday. 
Between these visits, in the summer of 2019, I came back to Perry County and sat down with two of the church members. One of them, Ms. Frances Ford, grew up in Perry County. The other, Dr. Pilar Murphy, is a relative newcomer. Both of these women have made immense contributions to the quality of life in Perry County. Ms. Ford is the director of Sowing Seeds of Hope, an organization dedicated to improving health care, housing, education, and spiritual renewal for the county's residents. Dr. Murphy is a pharmacy professor at Samford University, but she lives in Marion and goes to work every day at the Perry County Health Department, where she and her students conduct a hypertension clinic and health fairs and other services. I have come to know Provewell Baptist Church through the lives of these two remarkable women. When we talked, Ms. Ford told me a little of the church's history. There are some graves that have 1800s as far as on the headstone. The church purchased this property from the Sprott family in July of 1901. At first, the church and the school used the same building, but later the state built a two-room block building for the first through sixth grade Provewell School. First through third grade was in one room, and fourth through sixth grade was in the other. Ms. Ford went to that school. It was Pruell School, and then hit Pruell Baptist Church, and we all in our little community. Mm-hmm. And when the kids got to the seventh grade, they would go to Lincoln School. And the bus would pick them up, and the bus would carry them to Lincoln School. And we would use the churchyard. The church and the school kind of shared playground, and the churchyard was Mm kind of a common area for both the school and the church. Oh, Lord, I can remember this. made me feel old, though, but I can remember (laughs) when we would go to church and we were little. And my dad was a deacon, mm-hmm. and we had a pot belly stove. And uh, my dad would get there in the morning early so he could make a fire <laughs> before everybody else came to church. And then we would sit around the fire until it got warm, you know. Mm-hmm. And we would get a bucket of water from the overflowing boat well, or either we would go up to Miss Dez's house behind the church and draw from the well. Mm-hmm. We would draw a bucket of water and then bring it so there will be water at the church. And those were the kind of things we would have to do in the morning before everybody got there mm-hmm. because my dad was a deacon. Mm-hmm. But it helps you to have a love for that building and a oh, love yes. for that property mm-hmm. and for that ground because it's just such a part of you. Eventually, the church building fell into disrepair and the whole community came together to rebuild the church. Ms. Ford's brothers, brother-in-law, and nephews were all involved. Church members did the sanding and the sheetrock and the lights and everything. We used wooden pegs because nails were so expensive back then, and it was so costly. So they would take and build the wooden pegs to hold the boards together. Francis Ford's whole family was part of the church, but the whole church was like a family, too. And we're more of a family, mm-hmm. the church, because everybody in the community were family. Mm-hmm. And so we would all be uh, at the church, and if something happened, it when it affected one person, it affected everybody. Mm-hmm. I asked Miss Ford about the choir at Provewell. Have you always sung in the choir? I have, and I have no voice. If I was a people, I'd have me sing from the rooftop. <laughs> Dr. Pilar Murphy is a relative newcomer to Provewell Baptist Church, but she has now become part of that close family. So when I came down here, Miss Ford asked me um, if I knew how to play the piano. <laughs> and I said, no, I don't know how to play the piano. And she said, well, do you sing? And I said, yes, ma'am. So she was like, well, you should come and sing with us. 
They are some of the friendliest people that I have ever met in my whole life. I mean, um, Miss Ford and her family have basically adopted me as part of their family. Dr. Murphy grew up in a church in Arkansas that was a lot like Provewell. Well, I uh, moved to Perry County in 2010 from uh, North Little Rock, Arkansas. I have actually been in the church choir since I was about four years old. Um, when I we used to go to church with my mom, and I wanted to sing so badly, but you had to be baptized before you could sing in the choir. So we started going to church with my grandmother um, every Sunday. And one of my older cousins, who was actually about the same age as my grandmother, she started a youth choir in order for us to be able to sing. See, when I was a little girl growing up, our youth choir, we sat on the front row. Mm -hmm. So we marched in behind the because, like, we don't march in anymore, but a lot of Baptist churches do still march in, mm -hmm. go to the choir stand. Mm -hmm. And so we were marching and we sat on the front row. Because, you know, back then we didn't have children's church and all of that. So right. we learned and sang right along with everybody else. So those are the songs that really have, to me, have the most meaning. I asked Ms. Ford and Dr. Murphy about the musical traditions at Provewell. You may remember my conversation with Lloyd Bricken in episode one. Lloyd told me how he had been captivated by old, lined-out hymns in African-American churches, and I played a clip of music so you could hear what lining out sounds like. That clip was from Provewell. They used to call what they call them Dr. Watts, mm -hmm. but they're old hymns and things. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what deacons do, and that's a tradition done in devotion. Oh! Isaac Watts was a 19th century hymn writer. His hymns are still sung in many churches, including mine, but they are especially beloved in African-American churches. Old Dr. Watts refers to a slow, elaborate singing style in which a leader sings each line first and is then followed by the congregation. That's the lining out part. This style can be used in singing spirituals and other hymns in addition to those written by Isaac Watts. And they would take off on their first verse, and then we'd follow on with that. And then we would moan doing the hymn as people are praying. Right. We have a tendency to moan. Let us pray. Miss Ford often visits other churches where the music is very different. We say the prayer, but we don't talk or say anything. Mm -hmm. Whereas with us, we kind of moan and mm -hmm. sing and hymn mm -hmm. and everything when people are praying. This kind of the Afro-American tradition. Dr. Murphy said the humming they do at Provewell is slightly different from the tradition she knew growing up. Here in Alabama, it's different. When they sing one, like they may say, um, I love the Lord, he heard my cry, and then they have this little, hmm, little, mm -hmm. you hear the little hum part. Mm -hmm. We, I never grew up doing that in Arkansas. Ours okay. just kind of flows a little bit faster, but... Uh -huh. You just kind of assimilate, so now we all, you know, we do the little hum part in the middle. We praise you because of who you are. And Father, we know. Father, we know without a doubt. Those are actually, um, if you look up, they're called Old Dr. Watts. Uh -huh. 
I don't know if he's the one who came up with it, but that when I grew up, that's what they called him uh-huh. was Dr. Watts. And so those hymns, th- those hymns, mm-hmm. and they are a particular set of yeah. hymns. Okay, um, but you'll hear them just about every Baptist church around mm-hmm. here. So they may um, throw the the leader. You, it can be a deacon. It can mm-hmm. be someone sitting out in the audience. Mm-hmm. But they'll throw out the verse, mm-hmm. and then the congregation picks it up. So, for right. example, if they say, I love the Lord, he heard my cry, then we come in with, hmm, I love the Lord, he heard my cry, and then he comes back and throws out another one, and it's just kind of like a a toss and, and return. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean... That's how church was even when I was a little girl. Like our old deacons, they would, and that's what we call them, they would throw out a hymn. That's what we say. They throw Throw it out and and you just return it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You got to return whenever somebody throws it out. Exactly. And so you'll hear like there's a lady in our choir, um, Miss Leola, like she always, she has a certain one Uh that she throws out. And it's weird because like if she's not at church, nobody else throws it out. Like hers is, um, Oh, Lord, have mercy or something like that. But nobody else does it most of the time when she's not there. Francis Ford explained the meaning behind the humming. That's our way of saying we agree with you. We want, you know, what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It applies to me, too. It's very emotional. You have kind of, they want to other, to, to sing or to mm-hmm. moan. And, mm-hmm. and then other times when people are praying and, and it's just yeah. like you, you just agree with them. You just feel mm-hmm. what they're feeling and because you agree with them. You may sing with them and moan doing that or you might say amen or mm-hmm. something while they're praying just to give them confirmation. You're really just saying, I agree with you. I agree with this all. It is expressing what I feel when people are praying and they're talking about, they pray for God to bless their children. Mm -hmm. Amen, because I want you to bless mine too. When I spoke with Dr. Murphy, she let me play some of the recordings I had made at Proofwell, and she explained the structure of their service to me. And so we have a morning hymn, and it changes every year. Like when he um, gives us a theme for the year, we usually have a church hymn for Mm -hmm. the year, Mm -hmm. and we'll sing that same hymn um, Uh for the first Sunday. Okay. But then just throughout the month, sometimes he'll ask the choir, like, what um, hymn we want to sing, or he'll come up with the hymn. Mm -hmm. Most Sundays, Reverend Kirk comes up with the hymn. Uh He has some favorites. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll sing something about, like, crucifixion or whatever, first Mm -hmm. Sunday, always. Oh, okay. Dr. Murphy explained that the praise service happens before the worship service proper, and there is music specific to the praise service. That's actually a praise service. That's, okay, that's actually the, praise the deacon. Service. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the deacons are leading this. Yes. And that's why you hear you hear a whole lot of off keys. <laughs> So is yes, that... that's actually like an old hymn that one of the deacons um, threw out during the praise, mm-hmm. uh, praise and worship before church. Well, okay. it's, it's like at the very beginning of church. Right. Yes. Okay. And mm-hmm. so that's that's an example of the throwing out the hymn. Yes. And everybody joins. Exactly. Right. And because you see how slow it is as well. Yeah. Those will be 
kind of along the same lines as Negro spirituals almost. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you could just in whatever setting you were in, you could throw it out and it could be answered. Exactly. The service also includes solos and choir numbers. Dr. Murphy is a music director at Proofwell, and she also frequently sings the solos. She's been preparing for this her whole life. But those songs that I sang when I was a little girl and I'm still singing now, it's like they are just in my heart. Yeah. I'll never forget them. I could have Alzheimer's, but I would still know the words to that song. We listened to a solo Dr. Murphy had sung in the Proofwell service. Oh. And I think it was just you, It was wasn't a solo. It? Yeah. Reverend Kirk Luff just called on me to sing a solo. <laughs> he does. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I just have to stay prepared. I, I have a Bible, and I normally will just write songs in the very back of it, like songs that I might be sitting in church sometimes, and a song will just be on my heart, and mm. I'll jot it down. Mm. Or a song that um, I'm thinking about singing for mm. something. So if I can't think of anything, I usually just look at the back of, um, of my Bible. And it's sure. always something there, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's one of those be also ready yes. uh, opportunities. And yes. I use, I do, I'm, I, I'm normally ready, and it's usually weird because some Sunday mornings, even though he, because he will not call me and say I want you to sing a song for me today, but some Sundays I wake up and I just know you need to get something mm-hmm. ready, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'll be at home just kind of humming something or whatever, and then when I get to church, I'm, I'm, I already know. So sometimes because he he'll just kind of turn around from the pulpit and be like, come on, and sing me a song. And you just get on up and sing the song, you know? There is a name over sing a lot too don't we two during praise service uh-huh then we sing the morning hymn uh-huh then we sing during offering uh-huh the choir does two selections mm-hmm. we sing during altar call mm-hmm. we have um the song after the sermon which we normally don't rehearse for because we try to come up with something that goes along with the sermon that makes sense and then we sing the closing song. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's a it's lot, a lot of, of It's <laughs> So the, the music really leads the service, doesn't mm-hmm. it? I played a clip from the end of the Provewell service. If you were not a church home, you could come to But the song that we sing after the sermon, the discipleship song, is usually a, sl- a slower song. Mm-hmm. And you're really trying to prick people's heart for mm-hmm. them to be able to take the message because in the Bible the Levites were the singers they were the singers unto the Lord and they fought battles Mm -hmm. you think they would send the choir out before to set the ground to set the stage and there were times when all they had to do was send the choir out and the battle was won and so for us that's what we look at our role our role is to set the stage and to prime people's heart, to break up those hard hearts so that when the word goes forth and he's planting that seed, the heart has already been broken some so that those seeds can fall on good ground. 
the last thing we want you to do is hear a wonderful sermon, but then when you leave church, it didn't make a difference in your life, and so we want that song to go along with the sermon to almost sip it mm-hmm. in your heart. Earlier in our conversation, Dr. Murphy told me about old Dr. Watts hymns that are part of the African-American tradition. Many, but not all of these, are by the hymn writer Isaac Watts, and they're sung in a slow and highly embellished style. Often, a deacon or another church member will start the hymn, and everyone else will follow along. They call this throwing out a hymn. When someone throws out a hymn, everyone else picks it up. Proofwell is the kind of community where everyone picks up what everyone else throws out. And I don't just mean music. The hymns, the scriptures, and the people are sustaining and life-giving for every member. This kind of community doesn't just happen. It's built into the human structure of the church just as intentionally as the community built the church building in the early 1900s. Dr. Murphy told me how the church deacons lead devotion and communion, and also about a group of women in the church called the Motherboard. Many of these leaders grew up in the church, including Ms. Frances Ford. Most of our Motherboard have been at, at Provewell their whole life. So the Motherboard, tell me about that. What's that? The Motherboard is <laughs> usually, I think you have to be at least 65 be a mother of the church and it's it's very similar to being an elder like a deacon but they don't have to go through all the training Mm -hmm. but their whole goal like they usually will prepare communion Mm -hmm. and um, help with with communion they help make sure that the table is spread they're the ones who always tell the children like you do not touch that table when (laughs) it's set for communion but they also help with counseling like Mm -hmm. young women in our church Sister King, she's in her 80s, but she is such an encourager. We call her the mother of the church because she has been there her whole life. But when she stands up, she just imparts wisdom. You'll see them like on the first Sunday, they always wear white. When I was growing up, our mother's board, they would wear white everything. I'm talking about my grandma was, they were so into it. It was like, even the undergarments had to be white on first Sunday. They Mm -hmm. always wore white stockings, white Mm -hmm. shoes. Now you don't see it as as strict anymore, Mm -hmm. but they still, they usually will have their heads covered during Mm -hmm. communion. It's Mm -hmm. just really a sacred um, time, but Mm -hmm. they are like a counterpart to the deacons Mm -hmm. in the church. To hear Dr. Murphy and Miss Ford talk about Proofwell, you might think they are in church vocations, but they aren't, at least not exactly. I spoke with them in Dr. Murphy's workplace at the Perry County Health Department, where she and her pharmacy students from Samford University run the Cardiovascular Risk Reduction Clinic for Perry County residents. This clinic is a partnership between Samford's McCorder School of Pharmacy and the nonprofit organization Sowing Seeds of Hope, which Ms. Ford started to improve the quality of life and work for everyone in Perry County. Both of these women describe their work as a mission. So we have a hypertension clinic. It's actually the cardiovascular risk reduction clinic, but we call it the hypertension clinic. So patients can come in. The services that we provide are free. So we monitor them for cardiovascular risk factors, um, diabetes, obesity, so anything that could contribute to heart disease. We talk to the patients about their medication. Um, We monitor their blood pressure. If it's high, we counsel them on 
if they're non-compliant or which one of their meds could be um, causing different issues. And we treat it like an office visit with mm-hmm. a provider. So I have students who normally will come down. They rotate in clinic with me. It's a ministry, and we treat it as such um, mm-hmm. because the the mission and the vision of um, Sowing Seeds of Hope is to serve the least of these. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our patients don't have insurance. They mm-hmm. may be underinsured. They don't really know how to navigate through the healthcare system. And we get to help them do that and try to help them have better outcomes and just basically see what we can do to help make their lives better. Frances Ford told me how she had wanted to become a missionary in Africa. She remembers driving home to Perry County from a meeting of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship in Birmingham. The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is a partnership among Baptist churches. Both Provewell and my own church, Vestavia Hills Baptist in Birmingham, belong to the CBF. The meeting was at my church, Vestavia Hills Baptist. Ms. Ford drove home in a thunderstorm, and she prayed the whole time. She told me her conversation with God that night was just like the one she and I were having, sitting face to face. She said God showed her that night during the thunderstorm that there was plenty of work for her to do in Perry County. Miss Ford has not gone to Africa, but she has seen the world in Perry County. Both Francis Ford and Pilar Murphy see their work as their mission, their ministry, but their singing is a ministry too. We're not standing just singing, but we truly are ministering, sometimes not even to you, but to ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a vital role in the church. You yeah. really have to take it seriously. And it's, it's not. It's not about how you sound. like Because we, we mess with Miss Ford all the time because we are, we tell her she can't rock and clap at the same time. <laughs> but she is the epitome of making a joyful noise. She really is. We always have to put her in between two people to make sure she stays on she beat. She goes the and, right way. Yeah, yeah, to make sure she's on the right key. But she is, it's, it's all about for real making that joyful noise. And the joyful noise is what really reaches God's heart. Mm-hmm. And if it reaches God's heart, you know it's going to touch the people. So. Mm. But those songs that I sang when I was a little girl and I'm still singing now, it's just like they are a part of me. I think they're becoming a part of me, too. And I don't just mean the music. I wouldn't call myself a young woman, but the second time I went to Provewell, I definitely experienced the kind of counseling and even mothering that Pilar told me the motherboard does. After the service that day, I spoke with the pastor's wife, Mrs. Janice Kirk. I had met her before, but this time we connected over our children. Her daughter had just finished college at Auburn University, where my son wanted to go. I was uncertain how things were going to work out, and Miss Kirk gave me encouragement, comfort, and practical advice that turned my spirits around that day. It was the kind of encounter I've had just about every time I've gone to Perry County. I go to learn about the music and the people there, but I come away having been cared for in a very personal way. Thank you, Miss Kirk. My son is off to Auburn this fall, where he'll play in the marching band. And marching bands are the subject of the next episode. We'll hear from the two public schools in Perry County, their amazing marching bands, and their dedicated band directors. 
Here in Alabama is produced by me, Beth McGinnis, and oral historian Michelle Little. Would you like to hear more fascinating human stories or even tell your own? You should check out Michelle's oral history company, Acousate. That's A-K-O-U-S-A-T-E dot com. We're supported by a grant from the Alabama Humanities Foundation. The church music was from my church, Vestavia Hills Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama, and you also heard the church choir of Provewell Baptist Church in Sprott, Alabama, Pastor Reverend Jerome Kirk. The soloists are Brenda Hurd and Dr. Pilar Murphy, the pianist is Mr. Arnold Dobine, and the drummer is Devin Gais. My entire interviews with Ms. Frances Ford and Dr. Pilar Murphy are available on my website, hereinalabama.com. That's H-E-A-R-N-Alabama.com. I'm Beth McGinnis, and this is Here in Alabama. <laughs>